the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And happy feast of St. Juan Diego. One of those. I, I love the whole story. I love Our Lady Guadalupe, Juan Diego. That amazing faith. Uh, let's begin this morning with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O God, who by means of St. Juan Diego showed the love of the Most Holy Virgin Mary for your people, grant through his intercession that by following the counsels our mother gave at Guadalupe, we may be ever constant in fulfilling your will. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Juan Diego, pray for us. Pray for us. Hey, if you're not seeing us live on our Facebook page, then you probably want to go to our YouTube channel because we're always streaming live on there. That's youtube.com and search Catholic Community Media, and you'll be able to find us live on there on the Wake Up Show. You can hit that subscribe button and bell so every time we go live or post a video, you will receive a notification so you will never, ever, ever miss an episode of Wake Up. It's like a dream come true. So go to YouTube, youtube.com. All right, Lorraine Hess joins us. She's our first guest in about six minutes. And every time on Advent and Christmas, we have her join us to talk about her various Advent and Christmas concerts that she has going on in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. All of her Christmas concert lineups can be found on our website calendar at ccradio. or ccmedia.live, excuse me, ccmedia.live. So you can find all of those on the calendar events page. In 18 minutes, Mary Nicholas joins us to talk about her book called The Devil and the Belladod, One Woman's Struggle Against Communists and Her Redemption. This is a powerful book, you guys. Stay with us as we talk to Mary Nicholas about this. In 35 minutes, Patrick O'Hearn talks to us about his book called The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross. You might want to be by a phone (laughs) when we talk to Patrick because we are giving away one copy of the book, The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross. And we're going to give you a number to call in to win this book. It's going to go to the first caller. So I just want to prepare everyone. That's around 735. So you (laughs) want to be by phone for then. And in 48 minutes, Terry Dixon joins us. We always look forward to Terry. He's a director of communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. He's going to give us an update of what you're going to be finding in this week's issue of the Gulf Pine. So it's going to be a great interview, great time, right, Damien? That's what they say. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes, it will be. It's always fun to talk to TD. We, we, we tease each other. Uh, hey, another spring-like day for the month of December. 
That's what's upon us. High is going to be 78, low 60. Only a small chance of rain today with partly cloudy skies throughout the day. Uh, Little or no wind to expect. Uh, Carbon copy for tomorrow and come Sunday, temperatures are going to be a little lower. High is going to be 73 due to the fact that we have a 60% chance of rain on Sunday. Uh, And then come Mm. Monday, it's going to be pretty much like we're going to experience today as far as weather conditions go temperatures in and around the area it's 65 in mandeville and gulfport home of thibodeau and new orleans it's 66 and in the capital city of baton rouge it's 67 degrees Real quick shout out, Jones Creek Association Christmas Parade is this Sunday at 2.30. It rolls right down Jones Creek. Yours truly is going to be one of the uh, co-hosts televising that. So I look forward to seeing you all Sunday at 2.30. A good Friday of the second week of Advent, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's Gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said to the crowds, To what shall I compare this generation? It is like children who sit in the marketplaces and call to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her works. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. Our next guest is Lorraine, our first guest today is Lorraine Hess. She's a Catholic singer and songwriter, and she joins us every year to talk about her various Advent and Christmas concerts. And you guys, if you have not heard Lorraine sing, highly recommend going and attending one of these. Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Gabby. How are you? I am doing great. Let's start off. You have uh, a few gatherings going on at this time of year. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the one coming up on Tuesday, December 13th at St. Angela Marisi uh, Church in Metairie. Sure. So this is the 10th anniversary of my Christmas album, Cradle in Bethlehem. It's kind of hard to believe. but um, So we decided we're going to do something really special, and we tried to go back to some of the churches where we've been over the years um, when we do the tour every year. So we're going back to St. Saint Ca- Angela Marisi. We'll be in the gym on Tuesday night, and um, I actually have a recording artist friend, Craig Colson, coming down from Chicago. He's going to be joining me and singing some of his music. We've added violin, and um, we're just going to, it's going to be really a beautiful night. So we're looking forward to that, 7 o'clock at St. Angela in Metairie. And then the following night, we're going to be goodness. in Hammond at Fuller Ghost, yeah, um, doing a concert there as well. I'm glad that you were talking about that you're also going to be in Hammond. So we'll have uh, those who live on, on the South Shore will be able to go to your concert. And those on the North Shore can be traveling to Hammond as well. So uh, that's wonderful. Uh, tell us also a little bit about you have a concert at St. Catherine Siena Parish, uh, kind of toward closer to Christmas as well. Yeah, so the parish, our big choir is doing just a beautiful um uh, concert. I'm, I'm going to be helping out with that. I won't be singing in that, so I don't want to be misleading about that. But mm. um, under the direction of Drew Montague, we have just a 40-person choir, symphony, um, some symphony uh, classical instrument players who are going to be there, and we're going to be doing the Vivaldi Gloria. And um, it's going to be spectacular. The church will be decorated. Everyone's been dressed in black, and 
a nice formal Christmas event. Mm. So something new for our parish. Um, and that is going to be on December 21st. It's a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. So that's a great event to also come to. Uh, I think people really enjoy that really close to Christmas. Most definitely. Uh, you always have your Advent and Christmas concerts. Uh, tell us, how much does it, do you have like an admission to attend? Can anyone attend? And again, the times. Sure. The, both concerts are free and open to the public, at, and they're both at 7 o'clock. Um, I, I think at St. Angela Marisi, they're going to take up a collection for their evangelization efforts. Holy Ghost will take up a collection to offset some of their expenses. But if you don't have it, just come anyway. Mm -hmm. This is about, we have a full mm -hmm. band, background singers, multiple musicians. It's high energy. It's participative. It's, it's not just music. And, and I've always done that with my concerts. It's always been about the message. And um, people come for hope. And people come to, um, you know, just to, for fellowship. And so it's going to be a lot of that. Over the years, we've just met some amazing people um, when we do these concerts, they, people tell you their stories, and then they come back when you go back mm -hmm. a few years later, and they, you know, give you updates on their stories. And so it's just, um, it's about the message more so than the music. Even though the music is fun, I have just amazing musicians that have traveled with me over the years who mm -hmm. have become like my family. We spent so much time together during December <laughs> that um, they really are like family. And we started this ten years ago. Some of them weren't married, and now they have two children, and so it's really grown into. Um, a, a real family of, of musicians. So we're looking forward to doing this. Yeah, you can actually, if you listen to our Overflow Radio, you might hear Lorraine Hess song on there. So stay tuned to that. Uh, Lorraine, you you yeah you you will hear that. So I was excited to get that notification. Lorraine, you said you've been doing this for ten years. That's a long time. Uh, you're an amazing singer. I've heard you sing before. Uh, what does this mean to you? Ten years. That's quite a milestone. You know, I was kind of reminiscing as I was putting my set list together and I was thinking of certain songs and certain things that have happened over years. And there have been some major events that have happened. Like the first year we did this, one of our concerts was the day of the Shady Hook Elementary shooting. Mm. And so we're singing, bless all the dear children in your tender care. And it was just a very powerful night. Wow. And like people were there, not not necessarily for Advent music anymore. They were just there for peace and answers yeah. and they'll place praise. So, I, you know, I think when we sing that song, I think about that night. And then, you know, there are other occasions when we had, um, like someone who came to me after and said they were praying to conceive a child and they could, and I saw them a couple later and they were mm -hmm. praying to adopt a child. And then a couple of years later, they sent me a picture of their brand new adopted baby. Like <gasps> these stories come mm -hmm. to my mind as I think about all the people that have touched us at these concerts when we go to minister to them, how we get it back exponentially. And that's really, I think, what drives us to um, want to keep scheduling these. Like we're already looking at some dates for next year. Um, it's just, um, it's a beautiful way, you know, to do something impactful. People come, mm -hmm. we had this one lady come one time, she just lost her son's suicide three weeks before. And I'm thinking, oh my yes. gosh, she's coming here for something she's expecting from yeah. me. And it's a huge responsibility, but um, my group, they're all praying musicians, and they're all ministering to our parishes. And so I think that's why this works, because we are praying the music, and we know that God is, we hope that God is using us for whatever it is that people are coming for. Absolutely. Uh, Lorraine Hess, Catholic singer and songwriter, one more time, give us those dates and times for your concerts next week. 
sure. Tuesday, December 13th at 7 p.m., we'll be in the St. Angela Marisi Gym in Metairie. And then on Wednesday, December 14th at 7 p.m., we'll be at Holy Ghost um, Catholic Church in Hammond. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thank you so much, Gabby. Y'all have a great Advent. Well, tell us one more time that website, Lorraine. It's just LorraineHess.com, and all the details will be there for both concerts. Great. Thank you so much, Lorraine, for joining us. We look forward to talking about your concerts every year. Have a happy Advent and Merry Christmas. Thank you, Gabby. All right. Happy Advent. Our Saint of the Day will learn more about St. Juan Diego when we come back from the break. Also, Mary Nicholas joins us to talk about her new book. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 9th. Today we celebrate St. Juan Diego. The names of Our Lady of Guadalupe and Juan Diego will forever be linked. It was to him that Mary appeared at Tepeyac Hill on December 9, 1531. Speaking in his own language, Mary sought his help in building a church at the very place where she stood. As evidence of her appearance, Mary left her image on Juan Diego's cloak. Dutifully, he told his bishop of the miraculous vision of the dark-skinned lady. In time, Juan Diego lived near the shrine constructed at Tepeyac. Long revered as a holy man and a catechist who taught by word and example, Juan Diego is now honored as a saint. At his canonization in 2002, Pope John Paul II referred to Juan as representative of all the indigenous people who accepted the gospel of Jesus thanks to the maternal aid of Mary. Thousands gathered in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe for the ceremony honoring Mexico's first indigenous saint. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It's 19 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. Our next guest is Mary Nicholas, and she's an author of the book, The Devil and the Bella Dodd, One Woman's Struggle Against Communism and Her Redemption. Good morning, Mary. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you. Absolutely. This is such a powerful book. When I read the description of the book, I kind of had to read it again because it has so much information that it kind of throws you back a little bit. So tell us a little bit about this powerful story. Well, um, not too many people of a certain age know much about Bella Dodd. But when I grew up, Bella Dodd was as well known as, for instance, Hillary Clinton. She was a household name. She was powerful. She was an incredibly uh, vibrant uh, speaker. And she, as, as being the highest communist member, uh, communist party member in the country, she traveled throughout the country spreading the doctrines of communism. So she was a very important person. And then at a certain point, 
she obviously had a huge uh, conversion through Bishop Sheen. That's incredible. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about the title of the book, The Devil and Belladad. Uh, that's kind of a very powerful statement right there. Whenever we kind of bring the devil into a piece of literature, we're a little bit intrigued. Uh, I think that's true. Um, there's no question that what she and what the Communist Party were doing were fomented and instigated by Satan. In fact, at a, she was, as I said, she was a, a very powerful speaker, and people used to travel throughout the country to listen to her. That's how strong she was. And one day, a man in the audience said, Bella, now they all had some idea of the Communist Party by that time, and he said, Bella, if you had to say who was the leader of the Communists, who would you name? And they said people were sitting on the edge of their chairs waiting to hear the name of some person. And she said, Lucifer. That simple. Wow. My goodness. So, I mean, she, she was a powerful woman. People would go and see her. I mean, she obviously had a lot of influence. What was her conversion? What was it? Oh, that's interesting. Um, and you can really see the hand of God in it. It was, uh, we'll say, divine providence or accident. She um, was trying to get out of the Communist Party. And one of the heads said to her, Bella, nobody gets out. You, we either throw you out or you die. It was that simple. So um, she, that was, she knew by that time that there was a lot of evil here. So... Um, they ended up by throwing her out of the party for being racist and um, whatever. They made up, you know, all the regular um, epithets to, to hand to her. So, but she had, by this time, spent 30 years devoted serving the party. So that was a big blow to her. She had not yet totally reconciled what she was doing with good and evil. So um, they threw her out. She had no, they, of course, take all her means of uh, survival in terms of, um, you know, it, her, her living because she was the attorney for the Communist Party. And a lot of her um, billing hours and whatever came from that. So they took that away from her. And... Uh, she was really down in the dumps, as you, you might say, because she didn't know where she would turn, what she would do. And she happened, we can use the word happened, uh, to be down in Washington, D.C. for a, a law case. And who comes along but an old childhood friend, Christopher McGrath. She hadn't seen him for years. And by this time, she had started to testify to Congress about the evils of communism. So she had that to deal with, plus her own, um, you know, expulsion from the party. So she was walking down the street, and who comes along but Christopher McGrath? And he said, 
he know he knew her since childhood and he said bella you look terrible is there anything i can do for you do you want me to get you protection and she said no i don't want any more protection i have the fbi following me and the kgb that's the situation she was in in other words the kgb was afraid she would um you know root out the people in the party and the FBI was trying to protect her. So um, he said to her, well, if you won't let me get you protection, would you be willing to see a priest? And she immediately said yes, even though she had been away from the church for more than 30 years. And she said, I just don't know where that answer came from. So wow. he said, all right, I know a Monsignor Sheen. Uh, he was not yet a bishop. And we'll call him. So he called and he said, yes, bring her over right away. So she said, even in the taxi going over to see him, she, she was tempted to just jump out of the car. She didn't know what she was going to do. But instead she got there, thank God. And Monsignor Sheen at that point opened the door. And she, she said, he didn't say, you old Bolshevik, what are you doing here? He said, Dr. Dodd, I am so delighted you have come. So that began a relationship with Bishop Sheen. He then taught her the faith, and she followed up. She was faithful. It was incredible. That's amazing. The one, uh, when I was reading the description of the book, the one thing that really stood out to me to want to research a little bit more was in the battle between Bella, the devil and Bella Dodd, Bella and her church won. That's such a powerful statement. Uh, what inspired you to write something like this? Well, I think there's no question that Bella won and the church won because through Bella, and her testimony, all the um, evidence came out about how they were trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church. And they had already infiltrated the Protestant churches. In fact, um, Dr. Kengore speaks about it quite a bit in his book, um, The Devil and Karl Marx. So they they were not stupid, these people. Um, they mm-hmm. knew where to go to get people to join the Communist Party. You know, some softy who says, well, if you do this, you know, we can help you or whatever. They knew exactly what they were doing. Goodness gracious. This is such a powerful book. You know, we've been talking about joy and and everything else going on this time of year. But this is something that was a reality at one point in time and is a reality for still many people today um, around the world. So, Mary, tell us where can we pick up a copy of the book, The Devil and Bella Dodd, One Woman's Struggle Against Communism and Her Redemption? Um, I think TAN, T-A-N, the publisher, is probably the best place to purchase it at this point. There are a few um, small bookstores that had it, but I think some of them have already sold out. And I understand that people who are ordering from Amazon, that the waiting time is quite long. So I would go directly to the publisher, T-A-N, which is located um, in Virginia. 
Okay. Tanbooks.com is the website you can go to to order the book. Uh, Mary, we actually have a couple of minutes left. Why should someone pick up a copy of this book and read the story of Bella Dodd? Well, I think that people don't, well, depending how awake you are, I don't think people fully understand what has gone on in this country and what continues to go on. Um, this gives you enough background that you can put the pieces together. In other words, the lockdowns, the, um, oh, the lockdowns, the vaccines, the loss of um, liberty, all these things go way back to that time. They said they wanted world control, and there was no, um, there was no break on that. They wanted total world control. And if you look around today, um, we're getting very close to that. Thank you so much, Mary Nicholas, for joining us today. You can check out her book at tanbooks.com. Uh, thank you, Mary. And have a happy Advent and a Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye, absolutely. Okay, if you have any events in your listening area, it's still time to submit them just before Christmas. You can go to ccmedia.live, click on events and use and submit an event. If you have an event going on in the new year, 2023, then you can absolutely send that to us. Like I said earlier, I've been getting events for next summer, uh, so it's never too early to send them over your way. So if you're planning that gala, you're planning that fundraiser, that you have that save the date, send it over to us. And of course, we'll talk about it on Wake Up. So a wonderful way to evangelize and tell others about what's going on in your church community. Well, stay with us. And you definitely want to be by the phone because we're giving away a book. Patrick O'Hearn joins us to talk about his book, The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Morning is 35 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. We are looking forward to this interview with Patrick O'Hearn. Patrick is the author of The Parents of the Saints, The Hidden Heroes Behind Our Favorite Saints, and co-author of Nursery of Heaven, Miscarriage, Stillbirth, and Infant Loss in the Lives of Saints and Today's Parents today's parents. Uh, Patrick is joining us this morning to talk about his new book, The Shepherd at the crib and the cross. I am a super fan, Patrick. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're so happy to have you with us. Patrick, I love this book. Um, let's start and, and talk about uh, what was the catalyst? What, what made you write this book? There was two reasons. And one of it is just, I think, with, you know, with the Christmas, with our holy days, we often become too familiar with them. And so this story about the shepherd has always struck me. You know, I, I think of the life of St. Francis and how he was enchanted by the, you know, the nativity scene. And just what would it be like to be one of the shepherds, at, you know, at, at the nativity scene? So that's kind of, I follow that, you know, the famous prophecy of Micah that says, you know, there'll be a shepherd that, uh, that Jesus will appear in Bethlehem. And so his whole life, the shepherd is preparing. And then the second reason is, you know, just you know, in our culture today, we see a lot of, uh, you know, woke children's books and the secularization mm -hmm. of Christmas. 
and it's being pushed on our children. And so having seen like a, there was a, a number one uh, Disney book that was the number one seller on Amazon, it really made me like, I need, you know, God, God wanted me to write this book to help, help our children um, to prepare for the holy days and to reclaim uh, our, our Catholic holidays. Yes, it is a beautiful book. And Patrick, we're giving one of your books away to a listener this morning. So I want to give out the instructions for that before we go on and dive in deeper to your book. Um, So if you would like to win, we have one copy of Patrick O'Hearn's new book, The Shepherd at the Cross. Uh, We're going old school on you today. You're going to need to call in the first caller will win the book. I'll get that in the mail to you today. The number you'll call is area code 225-448-3754. That's our Baton Rouge studio. David Dawson is standing by to answer your call. Again, it's 225-448-3754. So Patrick, I, this is such a precious story, and it's not just a Christmas story. So walk us through a little bit. The main character is an amazing character and experiences so much in your book. So let's talk about him. Yeah, so, so my main character, I pronounce it Nisam, which, and I, I chose that name, it's a Hebrew name that means miracle or wonder. Uh-huh. So here's this boy, he's a shepherd, and his father's telling him about, you know, the prophecy of Micah and, you know, that the, the, you know, the ruler of Israel will come to Bethlehem. So he's praying his whole life, every day I want to meet the Messiah, you know, this vigilance. And then one day he meets the Messiah, you know, as, as, as uh, so first of all, the, the angels appear to him, just like, you know, in the story. So I do follow, you know, the account and the gospel accurately. And so the angels, you know, appear to him. And then he runs to the, to the, to the nativity scene, and uh, he's in awe, and, and all the shepherds leave, and Nisam wants to hold the baby Jesus. He's the last one there, and so he gets to hold the baby Jesus. And, and then he comes back. And he wants to give his favorite precious blanket to, uh, to, to Jesus. He comes back with his parents, but the Holy Family has left. And then throughout his life, he grows up, and, and he wants to meet Jesus again. And mm-hmm. so it just happens that he goes to, you know, to, to the Passover and rents a room with his three children and his wife, and there he encounters our Lord again you know, at the foot of the cross. And again, mm-hmm. he wants... And then uh, kind of in a miracle story, he wants to give that blanket away, and he has that opportunity to give it away to, uh, to uh, Jesus, you know, as, as Jesus is being held by Mary. So I say he's the only one that, you know, got to see Mary hold Jesus at Bethlehem and Calvary. And so that's kind of the storyline, this, 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 this shepherd boy who, who just wants to give our Lord a gift. It's so beautiful. I love the interaction between Nissim and Our Lady when he's at uh, the cave at the nativity scene where, where she's saying, you know, do you want to hold him? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, there's a little bit of intrepidation because he realizes this profound moment that's happening to him. And, and he's encouraged a little bit by Our Lady excuse me, to to hold him and then realizing at such an un, a young age how profound this moment is for him. Definitely. You know, I, I think because the shepherds were, they're almost considered like outcasts because, you know, their interaction with the sheep and, you know, the blood. So they weren't really welcomed as, as much as, you know, as the, you know, other people at that time. Right. So here is, you know, it, it kind of been a lesson how God, God 
he, he loves the lowly people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like the humility of us. Like, you know, and, and the same thing, you know, we almost, as we approach Christmas, you know, when we receive the Holy Eucharist, you know, we become like these shepherds, like we're unworthy and we just, but we want to, we want to receive Jesus. Like, the, you know, it's almost the, a lot of the saints would see the baby Jesus, you know, in the Eucharist. And I think it's such a lesson for us to be shepherds just to, just to prepare and to have humility and uh, just that awesome gift to be able to receive our Lord. We kind of partake of what this Nisan did as he held the baby Jesus. Yes, so beautiful. So this isn't just a Christmas story. Oh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> An Easter story. Correct. Yep. So, you know, and I, I, in the back of the book, I have four prayers for you know, Advent, you know, there's a Christmas prayer, uh, Lent, mm-hmm. and then Easter, and so it comes full circle, and that's why, you know, I didn't want, this is like a book that could be read all, you know, every time of the year, but just take on significance during, obviously, Advent, Christmas, and then Lent, and Easter, and, you know, we just want to see that, you know, I, th- I think that's what I wanted to see, kind of like the movie Ben-Hur, I, it was kind of yeah. one of my inspirations <laughs> behind it, you know, just that, this fictional character and and someone told me like you should have had me some like one of his grandchildren become an apostle and I was like, that could have, you know that would have been kind of neat but I, I didn't want to take the story too far you know I wanted to be as close to the scripture and and yes. and, uh, and I think that there who knows there might have been you know like you know uh, Bethlehem was only five miles from Jerusalem right so there is a possibility that some of these shepherds you know maybe I'm stretching a little bit but there is a possibility that I mean it's a real possibility they would have seen Jesus later in life. Yes, yes, that's amazing. And I love, to me, one of the important uh, little nuggets that I that I took away from reading it was how important this story was to Nisam that he continued to tell his children and how profound it was Well, he continued to tell his parents then once he was married and had children. It was a story his children looked forward to and asked him to repeat again and again, which is something that uh, as parents now, especially as you mentioned with the children's books, are out there. This is a story we need to tell our children again and again. Um, and I want to congratulate Paula from Luling. Paula, we're going to put a, uh, this copy of this wonderful book in the mail to you today, The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross. Uh, Patrick, one last uh, little encouragement from folks about the book. Why do you think uh, families should have a copy of this book in their home library? Yeah, I think because it just it shows the mysteries of both, you know, the Christmas mysteries and Easter mysteries, and it helps you really just to, you know, to have a fresh set of eyes when you, when you, when you, you know, just as we approach Christmas and then Easter, because again, this whole story of Christ, it's often like, oh, we've heard it a hundred times in the gospel, but here, yeah. it's like, wow, you see it through the, the shepherd, and you can, as you're praying, you can, you can put yourself in his shoes, and like, what would it be like? To, to hold our Lord at Christmas. So I think that's wow. that, That's the reason I would say to, to go check out this book. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy, Patrick. Yes. So the book is available at uh, Emmaus Road Publishing, which is Scott Hahn's company, and it is in stock there. You can also get it on Amazon. There's been a few delays on Amazon, but if you want it right away, I'd go with, uh, you know, Saint, it's called St. Paul Center Emmaus Road Publishing. Okay, so that's stpaulcenter.com. Patrick, you also have a website if our listeners want to know more about you and the other books that you've written. Yeah, so that's uh, contemplativeheartpress.com. Okay, contemplativeheartpress.com or stpaulcenter.com. Patrick O'Hearn and his new book, The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross, Everybody should have a copy of this book. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Patrick. 
Uh, thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed Christmas thank and uh, you. continue prayers in your Advent. Thank you so much. You too. And thank you, Paula from Luling, who won yes. the book. And uh, so she doesn't even have to order it. It's coming her That's way. That's right. That's right. I'm going to stop by the post office today and drop that in the mail to Paula. So thanks for listening, Paula. Congrats. I know you'll enjoy that book. It'll be treasured in your home library. Hey, stick around. Our friend Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi and editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper, joins us. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Friday is upon us. Thank you for listening to Wake Up. And with us right now, Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi. He's also editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic Newspaper, here to give us an update, see what's in this issue. And Terry, good morning. How you doing, TD? I'm doing great. Good morning to all of you. How's everybody doing there? Great. Thank doing you. Doing fine, yeah. Avoiding the <laughs> flu and COVID so far. So we're doing great. Uh, hopefully you are too. Hey, uh, I am yes. Yeah, right out of the box, the cover story uh, in, on this issue is a father Odishung who was part of a double murder, and it's a great story on his life and background. And I didn't realize that he grew up in Columbia, Mississippi. Yes, sir. And he's got friends and family there. And David Tisdale wrote a very um, nice story about Father Otis. Um, talked to some of those people who shared the remembrances of Father Otis. Just a sad story, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, what can you say? It's just terrible. Yeah. But he led a good life, and and I think that's... He did lead a good life, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he touched the lives of a lot of people. Exactly. And that's what I came away with with the story, because he, I didn't realize he was all over New Orleans area. I mean, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And well liked everywhere he went. So that's the beauty uh, of knowing a little bit more of Father Oders for those who didn't know him. Sure. Absolutely. Um, May he rest in peace. Amen. And uh, of course. Okay. No, go. You do. I just want to give a quick shout out to David who wrote the piece. He got his doctorate in communications last night at the University of Southern Mississippi. So congratulations to Dr. Tisdale. Yeah, that's always nice. Very good. Congratulations is right. And uh, Bishop Lewis Kinneman, he has an article, as he always does in every issue. And this one's on Our Lady of Guadalupe and Juan Diego uh, the feast days, of course, we're celebrating Juan Diego's feast day today. Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, coming up later on next week. Uh, nice, nice article, though. Yes, yeah, so and let me tell you, he, the bishop, will be celebrating Our Lady of Guadalupe celebrations on December 10th at 5:30 p.m. at Sacred Heart Parish in Pascagoula, and also on December 12th at Our Lady of Fatima Parish in Biloxi. So if you're in the neighborhood on either of those dates, um, I would cordially invite you to come and um, celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe with Bishop Kinneman and our Hispanic community. They put on a really mm-hmm. great celebration. Awesome. Very and nice. And of course, I would also encourage you to read the bishop's column. 
Yeah, exactly. And page eight and nine, he, I like this because I'm always scrambling as we get closer to Christmas. But eight and nine has all the church parishes and the times yeah, for the Christmas Mass. There you go. You got two yes, pages sir, of yeah. schedules. So we don't have to go over all of them, but I'm just telling the readers in South Mississippi or wherever in the Diocese of Biloxi, Terry's taking care of you. So pick up, so pick up an issue. Over all of them? Yeah, why don't you start at the very first? We're starting okay. with A, and we'll go to Z and see how long that goes. Well, what time does the show end? <laughs> well, if we do that, it'll probably be Christmas. Okay, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, hey, hey, speaking of Christmas, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and we have a lot of Christmas programs going on in the diocese. <laughs> You do. Uh, well, where do you want to begin? You'd like to hear more? You, well, yes. Well, I know there's one coming up this weekend. Saturday, December 10th, the Gulf Coast Wind Ensemble will be at Nativity Cathedral at 1 p.m. You should join that, Damien. Well, um, I've, I've been heard. I, I have a lot. I'm hot-winded, if nothing else. You know, I've got a lot of hot hot air in me. Great. What a segue. Um, <laughs> December December. December 18th, that's a Sunday, the Nativity Cathedral Annual Christmas Concert will be at 3 p.m. And on Thursday, December 22nd, from 6 to 7, we will have caroling in Cathedral Square. Yeah, what, real quick, what is that like? What What is actually going to take place there outside of the caroling? Will there be other things happening? Funny that you ask, because the men's club will have hot chocolate, cookies, and electric candles to offer. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, to light up the sky. There you go. Okay. Very good. Terry Maddox, Maddox, who is the director of fine arts and the minister of music at the cathedral, does a really, really good job. So I would encourage you to um, come to Caroling on Cathedral Square. You don't have to sing if you don't want to. So Yeah. Well, just listen. Yeah, I'm sure you, that disclaimer was directed toward me, and I appreciate that. Uh, As far as other events taking place, I always like to point out when you guys have a healing mass within the diocese, especially this time of year. Uh, One coming up at uh, Mother Mercy Catholic Church, huh? December 16th at 5 p.m., Father Rofinas, the pastor at our Mother Mercy, will celebrate the healing mass. And that's located at 216 Socher Avenue in Past Christiane. And there's a, there is an article. I want to jump from events real quick because uh, before we run out of time, uh, three recent appointments for deacons, uh, some special assignments within the diocese. They can find that on page 14. Yes, we have Deacon uh, Johnny Williams, who is going to be the director of Rachel's Vineyard Ministry for the Diocese of Biloxi, and Deacons Jerry Dubasson and Norm Cantrell have been appointed co-coordinators of marriage preparation. Well, that's always good. Our own David Dawson does a lot of things regarding marriage prep, and, and uh, after uh, those are married, uh, he, he works with them on an ongoing basis, he and his wife. So very important assignments there. Anything you'd like to leave us with before we depart on this Friday morning, T-Boy? You certainly don't want to go into your marriage unprepared. That's no, no, you, you believe me. Um, and and they cover the they, yeah they cover all the ground. What was that? 
Sacred Heart D'Iberville is having a and sorry an Advent Christmas celebration for families on December 11th at 6 p.m. in the Divine Mercy Hall. After the 5 p.m. Mass, there will be supper, a Christmas pageant with caroling, followed with the Christmas movie part of Mary of Nazareth, and St. Nick will be there. It just gets better and better. It really is. All right. I think you covered the gamut there, brother. I think so. Well, you all have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, about two weeks. Okay. Terry Dixon. Two weeks, Already looking forward to it. Yeah, same here, brother. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy your Advent season. <laughs> Terry Dixon, right, Director of you. Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi. He's also editor of Gulf Pine Catholic Newspaper, where you can get a ton of information for uh, the Diocese of Biloxi in South Mississippi, all the events going on for the Christmas season. And um, getting ready to wrap up with prayer, unless mm-hmm. you want to add anything before we leave. I think we're good to go. Gabby? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't sure if you saw an article in the uh, Gulf Pine, and I might have overlooked it. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> in honor of Juan Diego today, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. O Saint Juan Diego, in appearances of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness in this task is evident even still today and the miraculous image of the Virgin left upon your tilma. Intercede for us, we pray, that we may have your childlike trust in the Mother of God and that our hearts might respond to her maternal promptings. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here on Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Denise Byer joins us with a gospel reflection. Alan Migliorato will talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. Dr. Tina Holland from Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge will update us. And Kelly Walkwist with Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, will talk about the upcoming Women's Wine Conference in January at Our Lady of Mercy in Baton Rouge. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.